Hey there, sister. Welcome to the Social Media for Mompreneurs podcast. I'm your host, Allison Scholes, and I am on a mission to help mompreneurs like you ditch the Instagram overwhelm and take control of your time on the app and build an extraordinary brand and business, but still be fully present with your family and just be crazy happy with your life. This show is filled with Instagram strategies, marketing hacks, branding and business tips with a side of coffee and Jesus. If you're ready for some juicy content, you know what to do. Hand your kiddos those tablets, open those juice boxes, grab your coffee, whiskey, or wine, and let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Social Media for Mompreneurs podcast. And my friend Jessica is here today. And Jessica is actually a returning guest. She was actually on my show before, and she was in one of my hot seat coaching calls for that episode. So that was a lot of fun to work with Jessica, but Jessica is back today and we are going to discuss a topic that I think we all need to hear. We all know what's happening and we're going to tackle this and support you. And that Jessica is just the perfect person to have for this, but we're going to dive into managing anxiety, loneliness, and depression, and how it's linked to social media, especially Instagram. I know that I'm always talking about Instagram or social media and how much I love it, but I think we also need to recognize the negative impact as well. So we can really have the best mental health we can and pass that on to our kids as well. So that was long-winded, but welcome to the show, Jessica. Hey, Allison. I'm glad to be back. I think it'll be a good conversation. Yeah, I think it'll definitely be a great conversation, and it's definitely needed. And before we get into, I think, this important topic, I want you to remind my audience what you do. Tell us about your podcast and tell us about who you help. Yeah. Um, well, I am a marriage and family therapist. So I've been in the mental health world for over 10 years. Um, and then when I had kids a couple of years ago, I stepped out of the kind of official counseling room and started an online ministry. And, and a big part of that is the podcast. So I host the Love Your People Well podcast. And my mission is to help busy Christian moms strengthen their family relationships, their spiritual growth, as well as their own mental health. And I think what you do is just amazing. And if you're not already listening to Jessica's podcast, make sure you do, because she is just a wealth of wisdom, a wealth of knowledge. So I feel honored to have her today on the show, but we're going to jump right into this topic. And I know that there's a lot of buzz lately about the negative impact that social media can have on our mental health especially Instagram. So Jessica, do you see this come up with the moms that you help? I do. Um, yeah, I see this. I've seen this come up for years and I think, uh, maybe more recently, <laughs> there's just more, more recognition that social media can be really fun and is a great way to connect. But if we are not intentional about how we are using it, it, it can really impact us. And so that it does impact a lot of moms. And I think moms probably experience it in a bit of a unique way because we want to share about our kids and, you know, all the cute and ridiculous things that they do. And, and mom life can be very isolating. Um, and certainly so can starting your own business. And so the more isolated we might start to feel 
in real life, you know, we're at home, we're with our kids, we're busy, but we want to share that, we want to be engaged, we turn to social media. And we don't, we aren't always thinking about how is that impacting me, sometimes until it's too late. So I do see this come up with a lot of moms trying to figure out how is this impacting me? How can I stop it? How do I use it well? And, uh, and that looks a little different for everybody, but it definitely can have a big impact. So when we're speaking of impact, what are some of the ways do you think, and let's take Instagram, for example, but how do you think it's impacting our mental health? Like how can we know or see what's causing the mental health? Cause I think sometimes we, we might not even really know it. I guess it can be almost like a silent type of negative impact. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, it can be, it can really sneak up on us. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it's funny because there actually is a lot more research coming out, even from, I mean, it was kind of hot news uh, within the last few months, you know, how much research Facebook has actually done into Instagram and um, people linking it back to their mental health issues. And, uh, and so there's, there's more and more research coming out about it. Um, but I, I purposely try to not stay like super in the know with all of the news. <laughs> like you can spin down that rabbit hole and, yes. and get anxious and get scared. And yeah. so, so I've read some of it, but I would not claim to be an expert on like the research uh, that's coming out most recently with statistics and all of that. Um, but what I have read definitely reinforces what I'm seeing with women that I work with. And a lot of times the, the link starts to be noticed when maybe when they take a break from social media, like they, they go on vacation in the mountains, you know, and they don't mm -hmm. have great internet access um, or for some reason, or they're sick or something goes on and they're not as active on social media. And they'll realize after a few days or a week later, like, I feel different. I feel, I feel more relaxed. I feel more at peace. And so when you kind of play that back, sometimes they realize, oh, you know, the social media was a part of that. Um, and for other people, they notice it because of how they feel when they sign off on the app or they're, or they've been on for a while and they start to realize, wow, I'm getting more negative in my thinking or, mm -hmm. um, or kind of the classic, oh, I said I was going to go online for two minutes and here we are 20 <laughs> minutes later. <laughs> and I've missed a conversation with my kid and I didn't like that. And so sometimes it's that in the moment, like aha uh, realization that I'm on this, the platform right now and I'm having a negative experience. And I wonder if that happens more often. And then when they kind of realize that, think it through, journal about it, you know, explore it a little bit, they realize that actually is happening more often than they thought it was. Well, yeah, I can definitely relate to that when... I find that this happens often, maybe after dinner or early in the morning, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get on and I want, I have this post and I know exactly what I'm going to say. And I want to share it in my stories and I get on and what happens, we immediately see our newsfeed or you might see a reel. I don't know if that happens for you. It's always a reel right in the morning. What do I do? I start watching it and then I scroll and then I start watching more. And then I realize I'm like, oh my goodness, 15 minutes has gone by and I didn't do what I said I was going to do. And I know that happens a lot. So I'm wondering, Jessica, are there, like, how can we get more intentional besides the obvious? Because I feel like that's what I'm always preaching is like, oh, be intentional when you get on Instagram or Facebook and limit your time. 
But I, even with that, if I say I'm going to limit my time to 10 minutes a couple times a day, there still can be that negative mental impact. So mm-hmm. how can we make sure that we are protecting our mental health when we're online? Do you have any tips or strategies on that? I do have a few ideas, but first I want, I want to make sure Allison, you're not selling yourself short because, <laughs> because one of the things I love about your podcast and your social media presence is that you do, you do set boundaries and have limits and encourage others to do the same. Um, and I think sometimes we overlook that that actually can be really powerful. <laughs> um, especially if I, like for myself, if I've prioritized, like I have 10 minutes online and if I don't make the post I'm planning to make and the timer goes off and it's been 10 minutes, then, then I'm signing off and I didn't do what I needed to do. And my business is going to suffer. And, um, and sometimes we don't always take it that far, but having clarity on what are my boundaries as far as time, um, that actually is a really important part of it. And I think in part, because, that limits, especially as, as mompreneurs, if I'm going online to build my brand, to share my message, well, by default, then I have less time if I'm sticking to 10 minutes or, or 20 minutes, you know, whatever time limit we set. If I'm sticking, if I'm sticking to that time limit and I'm focusing on how can I contribute and help and encourage others, then by default, I have less time to be influenced by other people if I'm sticking to those boundaries. So I don't want you to, to sell, sell yourself short on how powerful that, <laughs> that uh, those boundaries and that time management can be. Um, but some other, some other strategies that I have found are helpful for myself, as well as for some other women that I've worked with, um, first of all, is to be intentional about who they follow. Because I think sometimes we do, we, we see that funny reel or, you know, something pops up and we think, oh, that was entertaining. And so we we follow. And then we don't really notice over time that that person, you know, that might've been kind of a one-off for them that they were encouraging. And usually maybe they're very um, judgmental or negative or something's going on. And even if it's not that they're negative, maybe they just uh, like, I follow some women who are fitness coaches and they'll post these workout videos and, and I will find myself like, Oh, that was entertaining or that was encouraging. That was informative but I don't walk away feeling great about my body because I was watching your body. You're on the beach and you're sculpted and you're doing all your things. And that's not to say that's bad for their brand or you know, for what they're trying to do. They're trying to help people. Um, but sometimes just noticing over time, as I interact with the same person or the same brand online, how do I feel? Do I really get the encouragement that I think I'm getting because of my first interaction with them? Um, so trying to notice those trends over time and being willing to click unfollow that mm-hmm. nobody's going to be offended. Nobody's going to be hurt. They're probably not going to know <laughs> that right. you have unfollowed them. Um, and being willing to do that and be, uh, to be ruthless with, you know, who am I following? Who am I inviting into my headspace and my emotional space when I am on Instagram or, or whatever social media it is. Um, so I, I have found that that is one strategy that is helpful for people. Um, and the other is maybe a bit more abstract than actually just social media itself. Um, But when we have daily habits, uh, like journaling every day or keeping a gratitude list or some sort of daily habit that is allowing us opportunity to process life. And I'm a big Mm -hmm. fan of journaling and gratitude lists, but there are a number of ways that people do that. We might meditate or have some time reading the Bible and praying, 
different things that we do. But if we have a daily habit that gives us that space to process life, um, that is really helpful for our social media consumption because it, it's offline and it allows us that chance to just kind of reconnect with who am I and what are my priorities? What do I want to spend my time and my life investing in? And that can often help us as we circle back to social media to be more intentional about how we use it and uh, not get sucked in quite as easily to some of the potential negative impact on our own mental health, because we're balancing that with a positive impact on our mental health. And I think that also helps with comparisonitis going back to your daily habits, because I had to really take a look at my daily habits and not only just my daily habits, but what, what do I want my life to look like? Because as I'm growing my brand and my business on Instagram, guess what? I'm also seeing other people do the same thing within my own niche. And then you get kind of trapped and they're like, well, they're doing this, they're doing that. So-and-so is doing like in-person meet and greets or network marketing and they're on stage and, you know, they're talking and like, wow, that's so great. And sometimes we're like, we're not doing what they're doing. We're not growing as fast. But then I had to take a step back and go, is that what I really want? Like, I really had to have that check-in. Do I really, really want to be on stage talking to a bunch of people? Like right now in my life, like I would say, heck no. <laughs> that is why I have a business called Boss Lady in Sweatpants. Like I love being home with my kids. I love just networking with people on Zoom or on live and, you know, just working in sweatpants all day. But we do, we get that, you know, comparisonitis kind of creeping in and going, you know, I'm not growing as fast as they are. I'm not as good as they are. And that really plays into our mental health. So I have a question for you because both you and I grow our business and brands on Instagram, and we also inspire and help others. How can we be, I would say, good or responsible mentors or coaches to others online? Like how can we help other mompreneurs protect their mental health? Yeah, that's, and that's a great question that we probably all should have (laughs) uh, when we're going online from any sort of professional standpoint. Um, And I think that I have a few thoughts about that. And, uh, and part of that is definitely influenced by myself. Like I was not big on Instagram before I started <laughs> the love your people well podcast. And so I've, I've had to wrestle with this over the last few months. Um, and part of it is deciding in advance, hopefully, or, you know, being intentional along the journey to know what is my goal as a, as a woman, as a mom, as a mompreneur, as a business owner, what is my goal and how can I be authentic in that? Um, you know, and I, I mean, I gave an example before about my own reaction to some like fitness business people that I have followed. And, uh, and I don't, I don't say that because I don't think that, you know, if you're in the fitness, yeah, show a workout video and show those great results that you get that are going to help people. Um, but I had to realize and, and be okay with myself that, Like, am I going to show my messy mom bun in my pictures or not? Like what, where's that boundary of like, how professional am I versus how personable am I? And if we are particularly are willing and able to be a bit more real and raw with people, 
Um, and I don't mean just like every time I'm posting, it's a big therapy session for the world to read and observe, but if we can show people a level of our, our reality that, you know, I don't always look perfect, even, you know, that fitness mom, (laughs) there are days where, you know, you're not feeling it, you're wearing the sweatpants, you're eating ice cream, you know, whatever. Um, but figuring out within your niche, within your brand, where is that line that you're comfortable with that hopefully can show your audience not just a picture perfect polished version of yourself but something authentic that is true within within your brand and within what you're trying to do who you're trying to serve um so that i think is a big part of it that if we are authentic online that goes a long way with helping other people to not necessarily start comparing themselves to us and start thinking, you know, I see the best part of Jessica as a mom on love your people well. And I compare that to the worst part of my life. Cause I was yelling at my kids this morning. I'm not saying I post about yelling at my kids, but I do try <laughs> to be real that I struggle with patience sometimes. And here's things that help me with that. So the more that we can be real and can be authentic, I think that helps our audience and their mental health. Um, and another thing that, that sometimes is helpful is to consider not just what message do I want to get across with the content, with the reel I'm making or the carousel post I'm making, but also what reaction do I hope the other person will have? Um, Am I hoping that this will make them feel encouraged or nostalgic or inspired? Um, And and if we can try to get a bit of an objective look, because we're obviously biased, we created the content and we know I want them to be inspired or whatever it is. Um, But if we can look at it with an objective viewpoint, um, I might want them to feel inspired when they see this picture. But do I think that's really what they're going to walk away feeling? Um, And obviously, the more we do that, the the more that becomes just a natural part of evaluating our own content that we are putting out there. Um, But I do think that can help is to look at our posts from the perspective of our audience and try to determine is this really going to be helpful to them? Or is it possibly something that is just making me look good or making my brand grow and, um, and making sure that we're trying to find a balance that is, is not just growing our brand, but is helping our audience. And sometimes we can even ask our audience that, you know, we can go in our stories, especially, or if we have an email list and we can ask people, you know, do you, what's some of your feedback on what I'm posting? Is it helpful? Is it encouraging? Do you ever feel some comparisonitis coming up or some mom guilt coming up? And if they say yes, then we should wrestle with that and we should try to explore why is that happening and how might we be able to tweak our messaging or our pictures so that we have that actual desired impact on people. I love that. And I want to go back to something that you said earlier, because this um, this word or phrase, I guess, just kind of popped in my brain, going back to social media and our mental health and like our goals and why are we there in the first place and being intentional. Something else that I have thought about, and when you brought up the example of the fitness mom on the beach or whatever, and she's probably telling you to, I don't know, do like a thousand squats or whatever. I see all the time because I will sometimes watch fitness and health because I'm concerned or not concerned, but I I work on my fitness and my health as well. And like the biggest thing that's out there is like tracking your macros, tracking your macros. Can I tell you, Jessica, how many times I've opened my fitness pal, I will track my macros for like three days. And then I'm like, I'm done. I I can't stand this. I don't like this. So the word that comes to my brain 
and how we can apply it to social media is sustainability. What is sustainable for you? What can you do over and over that will make you happy at the end of the day from being on social media? Because I have found out tracking on my fitness pal, it is not sustainable for me. It does not make me happy. I do not like tracking my macro. So it's something that I have to give up and I'm going to have to figure out a different path or a different way to go on my fitness and health journey. So would you agree that sustainability is like a big kind of check-in or a way to protect our mental health when it comes to social media? Absolutely. And I think both from the angle of, of us, you know, each of us as a personal consumer, yes. <laughs> am I following people who are making suggestions that I find helpful, that I find sustainable? They, I mean, tracking your macros, that's probably great for a lot of people, but if it's not great for you, you probably don't need to waste your time following 10 different people who all suggest 80% of the time focusing on tracking your macros. It's just not going to, it's not going to benefit you. And then we think about that from our brand perspective. Um, obviously neither of us is a fitness <laughs> coach, so I'm not going to talk about macros on my social media. Um, but I could talk all day long about parent-child dynamics because I'm passionate about that. I'm educated in that. I live that out day in and day out as a mom. And so I can talk about that all day long. That is sustainable for me. And so it makes sense. And it's within my brand. It's within my niche. So I do focus a lot on that area. Um, so yeah, I think personally, what am I consuming? Am I consuming content and engaging with people online who inspire me in ways that are sustainable? And am I contributing as a business owner and a brand? Am I contributing in a way that is actually encouraging for me that I enjoy and that I can get excited about, passionate about? That's going to come through. I know it's it's online and like people aren't looking at my face as I'm sending it, but that consistency and sustainability goes a long way. Our audience is going to know, is this something you actually enjoy and believe in? Or are you just saying all the right things so that I'll buy from you? People figure that out pretty quickly. And that's yes. a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> they sure do. Oh, I love that answer. Now I do want to switch gears. And this is something that I know all moms are wondering. How do we protect our kids when they start using social media? I will admit I have a 17 and a 14-year-old. And they only have YouTube. Like they don't have Instagram. They don't have Facebook. And I'm very leery to even let them on. So mm -hmm. what is your advice on that when it comes to our kids? Well, uh, with the parents that I work with, there are a few things that I tell every parent. <laughs> and then there are two specific strategies, I guess I would say, that most people find helpful. But with every parent, um, I want to encourage them slash challenge them that your kids are always going to know more about technology than you do. And so <laughs> even you, Allison, you, you spend a lot of time yes. learning about Instagram, helping people in that world. But just, you know, our kids are always going to be more in the know about whatever the new thing is, whatever the new app is. And so, and sometimes we, we feel like as a mom, I want to stay ahead of them. And in many ways with technology, that's simply not possible. And so having a more realistic perspective that, yes, we can do some things to help our kids in the world of technology, but it's unlikely that we will really be the one teaching them, you know, which app is, is popular or helpful or how to use it. 
Um, and we, not to say we shouldn't teach them, but we need to realize they're going to get that information from a lot of sources and they're going to typically be more in the know, more current than we are. Um, and the other thing that I tell a lot of parents and really just as a broad principle is that we should try to not separate out social media and those conversations with our kid from our bigger picture relationship with our kids as their mom, that it's not like this is some super special thing. Um, you know, there's always like, how are you going to talk to your kids about sex? How are you going to talk about drugs? How are you going to talk about social media? It might be in that realm, especially if you're worried about your kids and how they're using social media, but it is still a part of your, your broader relationship with your child. If you don't have great communication with your kids, they're not going to listen to you about social media. Mm -hmm. If, if there's some broken trust in a different area of life, it's going to impact how you talk about their Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is that they're using. Um, so just trying to keep in mind as parents that our kids are always going to be more knowledgeable than us about social media. And we don't want to separate that conversation out from the bigger picture relationship that we have with our kids. Um, but then as far as specific strategies with kids, uh, one of the big things that I work on with moms is helping them have conversations with their kids that are not, um, I guess I would say not, it's not a lecture, it's not an interview, <laughs> uh, but to have a conversation to just make, you know, if you're going to talk to your kids and hopefully you do about their friends and, oh, you went to a birthday party. How was it? How was school today? You know, we ask these broad questions and sometimes our kids engage and sometimes they don't as they <laughs> get older, but to make social media a part of that, you know, how, how are you using TikTok? What funny stuff have you watched lately? Have you seen anything that really freaked you out? Just having those general conversations and including social media in that can really go a long way to keep the door open with our kids that they know you know, they might be walking away thinking, okay, I know way more than my mom about this, but I can talk to my mom about this if I am struggling when I see something that I wish I hadn't seen, which happens for pretty much everyone on social media at some mm -hmm. point. And if we've had broad conversations, general conversations, non-judgmental, non-lecturing conversations, our kids are a lot more likely to talk to us when, when they're struggling or trying to figure something out. Um, and then the other, the other strategy that I encourage for parents is to look, <laughs> this is always kind of hard. It's hard to explain without a, maybe a deeper conversation, but to look at your kids' phones, to, to hold their phone in your hand and, and ask them, you know, hey, scroll through, show me the apps you're using the most. Hey, let's open your settings because you can look together at how much time is being spent in different apps. Um, and I know for some parents, there's like a big concern about privacy and is it their phone or is it my phone? Most of the time, mom, you paid for it. <laughs> it's your phone <laughs> who mm -hmm. pays for the plan and, and all of that. And I, so I realize every family is different. And that is often a conversation that parents struggle with. If you've already set the stage that like, this is your phone, I'm never going to touch it. I'm never going to look at it. Mm. It's a lot harder to go back from that. Um, Versus like my kids, they're toddlers. They don't have phones yet. And who knows what social media will look like when they do. Um, but if they were about to turn 13 and I was about to get them a phone, I would hopefully go into that framing it that, hey, this is my phone that I'm going to let you use. And at least once a week, but maybe more, we're going to look at it together. We're going to open it up. We're going to go through it. Um, just to make sure your kids know, like mom is checking in on me in this world. 
And that doesn't mean they can't hide apps. I mean, there's all sorts of things kids can do. But again, if you're having good conversations about life, they're a lot less likely to try to hide things from you. Um, And if you're holding their phone in your hand and looking at it with them, there's a lot more likely to be transparency about what's going on and opportunity to show them who do you follow, who, you know, what does your social media use look like so that they can, they can see that modeled hopefully in a healthy way. That was really good. So I think my biggest takeaway from that, it's not about like placing limits on our kids when it comes to social media. It's more about open conversation with them not only just about social media, but everything in life, you have to build a foundation for communication with your kids. And that's how we'll set the stage for good social media use. Cause we can't protect them from everything. There's going to be times that they're exposed to certain different things. They're going to hear things. They're going to see things, but we want our children to be able to come to us and tell us about it and not be fearful of our reactions. Cause I think that's another thing is kids are afraid maybe in some situations to go to their mom or dad because they heard or, the, or saw something and they're afraid to get in trouble and it's not even their stuff. So I think it's us parents need to take responsibility to let them know they can always come talk to us about it. it they're not going to get in trouble. Our reactions might be like, oh my goodness, but we have to have those open conversations. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, this was such a great conversation today. Jessica, let my audience know where they can connect with you on social media. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, well, the main uh, the main avenue for folks is probably the podcast more than social media, because I definitely go into a lot more depth on the podcast. And that is Love Your People Well. Um, but that's also the website. That's my handle on Instagram, at Love Your People Well. Um, I do try to keep my social media encouraging and helpful <laughs> and uh, uplifting for people and um, and to answer questions. You know, people can can send me a DM and I love to take feedback from my audience and turn that into a podcast episode or to go deeper with people because I know every family is different in, you know, the broad principle might be the same, but the, the how that plays out for everyone is different. So um, yeah, pretty much everything is at Love Your People Well. And I would love to connect with people and to, to help them. That's amazing. And I will make sure that uh, all your links are in the show notes. And thanks again, Jessica, for being here today. Yeah, this was fun, Allison. Thanks for having me. I can't thank you enough for listening today and supporting this show. The best way to support me and grow the podcast is by leaving a written review on Apple iTunes. I promise you. I read every review and take them to heart. And don't forget, head to bossladyinsweatpants.com to grab all my freebies or hang out with me on Instagram at Allison Scholes. I'll see you soon.